listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside our soundman extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've returned to the studio for episode 424. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, what's going on? So, uh, yeah, man, what you been getting into this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I just, um, I was catching a lot of new anime that ca- that started this season, so I've been watching a lot. There's actually some pretty good selection this season, so it's been kind of fun. <laughs> Is it all over the genre spectrum? Uh yeah, yeah. We got a, we got a bunch. We got er- everything you want. There, are, there are sequels, isekais. Um, that also had an adaptation of um one of Oda's one shots that he uh-huh. made before One Piece. Nice. There's um, there's some. There's not too much sports genre this one. There's also this one. There's a lot of uh sequels this season. Don't nobody want to compete with what? What is it called? Blue Note. Blue Lock. Blue Lock. <laughs> Don't nobody want to compete with that shit. Yeah, it's not Eric right now though. Um, there's, but th- this season also has like, uh, 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 season two of Mashal has season two nice. of, um, uh, Skimichi, which is, um, Moon- Moonlight Fantasy is a really dope isekai that's like, um, it's like 70% normal isekai, like 30% kind of like a, uh, satire, like, like, um, like a de- deconstruction of the genre. Oh, okay, and I like that. That one, I'm really, really excited for because i really fuck with that super heavy in season one and it ended way too soon and it ended on a super dramatic moment too <laughs> like the main character like so a little background on um Tsukimichi. that one it's uh the main character his parents were actually born in the other world and they made some sort of deal with the goddess to be able to live in normal japan mm. and so when the main character hit 16 he just goes to sleep one day and he ends up in like a limbo with uh, a Japanese god who's like, "Hey yo, your parents made a deal with this goddess that um to live over here, father. and they gotta um uh, uh and the price is they have to give up something their most precious thing." So he came to get him because he was the firstborn, and the main character couldn't really refuse because if he turned it down, it would fall on one of his siblings. So he was like, "All right, fuck it, I'll do it." You know what I'm saying? They kind of do up a contract that he's like, "All right, give these letters to my parents," and he's like, "He's ready to go." And then the Japanese god is like, oh, by the way, the goddess over the other world, she's got kind of a difficult personality. He's being, like, really diplomatic about it. Wow. But he's like, she's got a little bit of a dip- difficult personality, so just kind of bear with it. I mean, that's a warning. It is. It was, it was a very solid warning. And, like, at that same time, the goddess, like, um, forcefully teleported him over into her limbo. And she starts doing the spiel. She's like, oh... My world is in danger, and I need some Japanese kids to go over there and be a hero to save my world. And then she gets a good look at the main character's face, and all that shit goes out the window. She's like, oh, shit. There's no way that you're the son of those two people right there, buddy. You are way too ugly. Yo, I can't even. She was was like, yo. Uh, She was like, I don't even want you to be a part of my world. She's like, but fuck, I, I, I have to give you some sort of power because, like, that's the deal. But it just feels so gross having a part of my power in you. So I was just like, fuck it. I guess what I'll do is I'll give you the power to read, write, and understand all non-human languages. Go hang out in the fucking outskirts of the bad lads with the rest of the monsters and don't contaminate wow. my flock. And then she opens a hole underneath him and like drops him to the earth. 
See, and I'm not sure if you're you're aware. There's like a genre of like blind dating uh, posts on social media, and <laughs> that's what it feels like. like sometimes people be be responding like, "Oh, good. I absolutely enjoyed your personality, but I will never be with you." And I'm like, "Whoa!" But you were just like deeply connecting to that person a second ago. It feels like how she's like, "Wow." Bro. You're so ugly. I don't even want to divest Bro. my power into you. My like, nigga. Wow. She was like, <laughs> and the way she did it, she did it like a freeze of death beam where she shoots energy into his jaw and it like twists wow. his jaw back Yo. and shit. <laughs> so, but what's really funny is something I missed. I ended up rewatching season one because I didn't know season two was going to come out and I wanted a little refresher. Season one came out about like a year and a half to two years ago, I want I want to say. And um, one thing that's super interesting in is I think his parents. Did that? Did put some sort of curse on him to make him unappealing to the goddess, so she wouldn't like want to take advantage of him. Mm. Like I think that the, his parents did that to him, sort sort of like a last laugh against the goddess, but also to protect him. To protect him because if it's a vain goddess, yes, that's uh, what I'm starting to think. You, because that reminds me of the goddess in Dota. Was it? Oh Dota? yeah, Selimene. Yes, yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It reminds me of her. Like you know what? I would rather just be unappealing to you because there's no <laughs> dealing with you that's not manipulative. You feel me? But yeah, that's also that's so, an interesting plotline. But uh, th that hasn't really been confirmed. Like no one's ever mentioned that yet. It's just something I believe because he's drawn like a normal main character. He looks just like your typical yeah, generic usually, main animes, character. You can tell the ugly characters. Yeah, They're animated in a very particular way. And everyone in the other world is like it's like a thing to them like the japanese god didn't react to him in any specific way yeah like they would have definitely treated him away yeah but when he gets to the other world like the huge the first time he showed up the humans thought he was a monster trying to raid the town and they got like all the guards to fucking come wow. and like chase him away but that's also because his mana was too large and um his <laughs> he wasn't controlling it his so mana was too large they were like yo you're you exude so much mana. You warp the air. You warp the air, the atmosphere Time, space around, around you. you. So, like, when you were walking up to that city, you probably looked like a demon lord was about to attack the town. Wow. So, he um, but it's also like a community builder. Like a like um, uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Yeah. He um, he ends up meeting with a a, a dragon. They end up having um an encounter, and um, he makes a contract with her. And the dragon has this demiplane. And the oh. dragon was like, yo, before, my demiplane was just fucking, it was just barren. Bar barren there was nothing is what I would there. Assume. But after I made a contract with you, it's like this paradise, essentially. It's created, like, fields and waters and mountains His and, like, fresh lands. probably populating that. Yeah, the, I, I'm the assuming he, the, the, the confluence of their, their mana was able to create, it's like, funny, a new world based on his information. You remember in Magi, the carrot nose uh, prostitute? No. Okay. So you remember in Magi? I think it was. It wasn't Sinbad. It was um. The Magi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You the chick with they the veil that was super ugly. Yeah. Because yeah, Aladdin really enjoyed going to the bathhouse, which was like you know coded as like you know the the place where you go in the red light district. Yeah. And they kept giving my homeboy, blonde home homeboy, uh, the carrot nose chick. And it was like <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. It, it just Aladdin. reminded me because like, yo, when they yo, they're vicious in anime when you're ugly. Nigga, what they are vicious when they anime. They point you that shit you. out like a yeah. motherfucker, bro. They so, beat you over the head with it every single time. Oh so if he was a unattractive uh uh protagonist 
you would have definitely known. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I think it lends a lot of credence to your theory. <clears throat> and um, so the main character's journey ends up being like he's essentially creating a community in the demiplane and nice. like populating it with like other um monsters Rescues. in the world and demi humans <laughs> and shit. Basically, all of the races that the goddess likes because the goddess only likes humans and oh. the goddess only likes like very attractive humans wow so like all of the demi plays you know. <laughs> all of the demi humans like everybody who's not human you're you're on the bottom rung to the goddess and so he's like essentially gathering all these people to create a community within the demi plane where he theorizes the goddess cannot see him because it's like not exactly on the same plane oh, so he's like yo more like she just doesn't care enough to look no, no I, I think it's like it's like another dimension so it's oh, like okay. it, you really can't see it that's that yeah oh. that's what they theorize so he's like, yo, I'm going to build up my forces and I'm going to fuck that goddess up, bro. <laughs> yeah. So that's... that's uh, I that's... can't stand the Sal- Salamene, uh, like, archetype. Like, that over, like, narcissistic archetype. Yeah, like, nah, you super got selfish to go. god. Yeah. You got to go. This and... is the ideology of supremacy, bro. You got to <laughs> root it out. So I'm very excited for the season two on that one. The season two, um, they... Only two episodes have been out so far, and the those two episodes seems to be focused on the other two heroes, which are people that were also in the main character's world, but they were transferred over before him. They're the ones that the goddess were talking about, like, yo, don't worry about it. I got other people working on it. I don't even need you to be my hero. By Just go live in the fucking outskirts and stay away from the... Wow. She actually said... She actually laments to herself, I hope he doesn't spread his seed to my people. Like, yo, yo, yo you know how disrespectful that's that <laughs> She's is? fucking wild. And the way season one ends is she's even more audacious than that. Because even after all that shit, she forced teleports him into the middle of a battle with between the humans and the demons in order to like solve the problem for her. She's like, Yeah, I don't want you to be my hero, but it's convenient, so go ahead, go ahead and fight. Well, them anyway. I guess I got somebody to put on my triple S rank missions. Pretty much, like wow. So she, well, it's also for him because you know he's got plot armor, so now he could use that to uh, level up fast. Kind, that's not really how it worked. You know what I mean? Like there were two very, very strong people waiting for him in the center of that battle, and because he was teleported in a golden pillar of light. They automatically assumed that the goddess sent them, sent him there to fight them, which she absolutely did. But he's like, yo, I don't know shit about what the fuck is happening here. I don't even know who you are. I don't know where I am. Like, but they just started attacking him right away. And, you know, my man's, he did his best. The thing about the main character is, like, eventually the, the issue with his mana is, like, even as strong as it was when they, when the denizens of the world informed him how he looked to other people... It's increased significantly since then. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's been voice. employing the helps of um, dwarven artisans to create magical items that um, can suppress his mana or absorb it. And it's actually one of the running gags is like he first created him a ring and the dwarf is like, yo, this ring is super strong. It absorbs so much mana. It'll kill you instantly. He puts on the ring and the ring fucking like, like it breaks. It explodes. Wow. And It's an overload. You know what I mean? And so it got to the point where they, he had to make he wears like a gloves with all five rings with gems in it that absorb his mana. He also wears fucking the the, did, the, the whole armor, bro. Get yeah, the dwarven artist has ca- <laughs> created him like some really dope mage robes that also have the same functionality. There you go. And like when they when they tried to kill him, those two people, it, it was uh, I believe lady's name was um Muramas is the name of the blade, but there's also another like super brolic like chick that fights with him. 
Nice. Uh, Dragon Slayer. I don't I remember like what her name chicks. is. Yeah, she yeah. was. She's fucking beastly. And the two of them tried to take down the main character, and they did a pretty good job. He lost a couple fingers and shit. But see, they didn't know that he has a massive amount of mana, and when yeah, when it, your life is in danger, it the, spikes even more. If the rings on your finger are what's res- restraining your mana, and they take off your fingers, yep, then uh, you release the beast. Yeah. So it it was. I'm very much looking forward to seeing where episode where, where season two goes because season one was fucking awesome. You know what I mean? That sounds dope. Yeah, that that one is the one I'm looking forward to the most this season. But there's also um, solo leveling, which finally got yes. its um, um, adaptation. So I'm that's very Korean, excited right? for that. Yep, that's a Korean manhwa, yeah. which is very rare. You I know, can only think of three Korean manhwas that I've known that have been adapted into animes. Well, which I've is not to say that's all there th- is, though. Three Korean manhwas, period. Yeah, Much right. less ones that have been adapted. <laughs> um, because there was one about a Korean sorcerer wizard that was really cool. And he, like, it chronicled his time from, like, the 1600s into present day. It was pretty dope. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It started with a D. But um, anyway... Uh, yeah, I kept seeing it pop up as a as a, oh yeah, I just read the manhwa and I was like, is that a new Japanese thing that I or an old Japanese thing I just never heard of? And I was like, no, no, no it's Korean. Got it. So yeah, solo leveling, dope. There's who's doing that one? Do we know the studio behind? Oh, uh, the studio that's doing solo leveling is I believe that's I want to say Studio Wit. I okay. want to, no no Studio is A One Productions. Oh okay, gotcha, gotcha. Along with um Annie Annieplex and Crunchyroll. Oh, Aniplex and Crunchyroll doing the distribution? Yes, yes. They're 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 the producers of it. So I'm looking forward to that one because that one it, it's um I ended up following the 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 manhwa all the way to the end and it nice. gets really fucking ridiculous. So Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it gets out of control. Like it's um what the main character becomes is fucking epic. What he what he ends up fighting. Once once the real scope of what exactly is happening in the world of solo leveling is revealed, it becomes like a completely different story, and it's like very, very dope. That sounds dope because I'm not that far into it. I haven't. I think I've read like the first three, <laughs> the first three chapters of the Madwa, so I'm not. I haven't really delved into it at all. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on, and I have chosen to restrain myself from watching the uh, anime only because I want to see it. It, I wouldn't be able to watch it uh, in succession. I don't have yeah. to be uh, stuck with the weekly. Uh, nah, the weekly I feel week. that, man. Definitely. Um, another anime that's really, really, really awesome this this uh, uh, season, which has a premise I, I have never s- seen before in an anime. This one is another. Um, uh, 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 this is another fantasy anime. Okay. <clears throat> the main character is. The, the 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 anime opens with the main character facing down this dragon that's sort of the design sort of reminds me a little bit of like Sin from Final Fantasy X, but oh, a little wow. bit more colorful. And it had like that's huge glowing ethereal angel wings. Wow. Right? And it doesn't look at all like a worm, but he refers to it as a dragon. And right as the credits finish like, rolling. It sounds like, it like eats a whale. Him. Yes, a little bit. It does remind me of that. Like that sort of that it has a very strange shape. Like a celestial whale or so. And um, right in the opening scenes, my man gets eaten, right? Yikes. And he gets turned when he uh, comes back to life as a skeleton. And so as he's killing shit oh, in the skeleton. Oh, that's the worst reincarnation ever. <laughs> he, he has all his memories. 
and he can use his skills and shit before. But before he was a, a very, very average adventurer. You know what I'm saying? He'd been working, he'd been an adventurer in that town for, I believe, 10 years. But he had never really been able to raise his rank because that's just how the the world's like power system sort of works. He just didn't have one of the, the those powers that was able to be improved much like anybody else. So he was just sort of stuck as like the the general everyman sort of fighter. Okay. But he was also friends with this one researcher who was studying like monsters and monster evolutions. Now the the thing about this one is he wakes up. He gets revived as a skeleton, and he's like, based on, he remembers talking with her, and he was like, oh, in very rare cases, skeletons can evolve into ghouls and even further, further oh. evolve. So okay. he's like, yo, if I keep going around in this dungeon, I might slowly be able to re- evolve and actually go back out and interact with the world. Okay. And so the story. I like that, I like that, uh, that world building right yeah, there. Yeah, it's super cool. So it, it's like him. He, um, and I, there are three episodes out so far, and he's in the ghoul stage. And he's trying to evolve to. He's always wanted to aim for a mithril rank adventure. I believe oh, wow. that's sort of like um, it goes in stages like gold, silver, platinum, whatever. Mithril is like the S rank. Got to be S rank. <laughs> <laughs> and he really that's the that's the what he wants to aim. So he wants to continue exploring the dungeon and fighting so that he can evolve and become. A vampire, because uh, a vampire is like the highest form of undead in that world, and then he'd actually be able to interact with humans. Then, see, just on some nerd world building shit, I love the idea that because I've always ran my worlds in uh, TTRPGs where undead are pretty much like ghouls, uh, uh, zombies, mm-hmm, skeletons—they're mm-hmm. all the same half. CR low level monster, but I like the idea that if you know in necromancy that uh you go from skeleton to ghoul to zombie or vice versa. I think some most of the time ghouls are more hardy than zombies, so you can go from skeleton to zombie to ghoul, and that's actually a progression of undead, and that's why so many necromancers have skeletons is because not because they like them, it's because that's just (laughs) What low level me- yeah, necromancers that's, that's can what you have. get? This is what you got to start know what with. I mean? And so yeah, I like that that world building. I've never actually uh, uh, viewed necromancy in that uh, that kind of uh, build before. That's dope. Yeah, that one's super cool. I believe it's called Unwanted Undead, and I'm really looking forward to that one this season. That one seems super interesting. Um, as far as the other one, there's still a lot of uh, there's there's a sort of generic uh, isekai that's um. Uh, uh, the the Iashike ones, the the sort of like the the very therapeutic ones. Uh-huh. This one is about uh, a girl. <laughs> this poor young lady died at twenty five of, of overwork, and so the god, uh, 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 so her intermediary god is like, hey, um, there's some shitbag humans in my world, and I think they're trying to destroy the shit. So. I'll hook you up with a reincarnation and some powers if you hey. gotta help me figure out who these shitbags are. I'm with it. You know what I mean? And so, but it's also a gag gag anime too because her wish was like, oh, I want to be surrounded by fluffy animals. And so oh, her power is essentially like uh, Dr. Doolittle. That's essentially her power. Okay. Uh, uh, animals can communicate with her and um, she's beloved by animals in general, it seems. She gets to the, she rolls advantage on all charisma checks. All animals. charisma checks, nigga. Like, plus 10 plus like advantage. Episode two, her sister, it was, episode two, it was, um, it was like, um, 
an evaluation for her elder siblings. Her her elder brother was is like a knight, and so his shit was like a mock battle with like these golems on like this the battlefield with like some chess type shit. His elder sister, she had to do summoning. But when she summoned it, the fucking like an elder, an ancient elder red dragon showed up. And of course, the main character ran up and was like trying to defend the dragon from all the other humans that were naturally very freaked out and were, were going to try to fight it. But she ends up becoming like um, he ends up giving her some of his power and shit. And so now it's created this pretty interesting dynamic in the world where now she's the there's this faction of people in the country that are like, yo. Yo, we gotta get control of that chick, son, because, yo, she's got the fucking blessing of the red dragon, my nigga. Yo, imagine what we could do with that shit. So I, I do kind of like that. It seemed like I do actually hope they go down that route and actually explore that, and the show isn't just all about nice and fluffiness, which I don't really mind the slice of life thing, but they have such they have that cool angle in there, and I actually hope they do something with it. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 does, that does feel like they can go down that route. Yeah. I wouldn't hold him to it. Nah, I, I wouldn't because the the anime is called Fluffy uh, Mofu Mofu Paradise or Fluffy okay. Paradise. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's gonna be a, a slice of life the whole way, but we'll see. If they give like two seeds of some cool shit happening, hey, that ain't nothing, that that's not a bad because sometimes like it's really like nah, this is slice of life all the way through. Yeah. So if you could get two Bob like. You know, maybe magic seeds or interesting seeds. I'd be. You feel that's, me? That's worth it. Yeah, so far the magic's been mundane. It's all been like either pretty shit or like healing. I mean, they gave her speak with animals. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's not flash. But, <laughs> but the red dragon did give her this like super powerful crystal that not only allows her to use his magic, but self uh, communicate with him telepathically. So nice. hopefully she's going to be using some dragon magic fucking. Niggas yeah. Out, dragon that's, summoners are dope. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, fluffy paradise this season. And the last one that really caught my attention, which is another isekai is, um, the wrong way to use healing magic. I, <laughs> I like the name already. <laughs> I like the name already. So this one, it follows the um the format of the summons. So you got the main character who's pretty average Japanese student, and you also got the student council president and vice president, female and male respectively. Um, due to somebody stealing my nigga's umbrella when it was raining, he kinda gets stuck at school and student council presidents like they they had an extra umbrella and they help him out. As they're walking home, it gets super foggy, and the student council students, they hear some weird bells. And they're like, yo, you hear that shit? Main character's like, no, I don't really hear anything. And then, I will hear that. <laughs> and then as uh, as uh, he starts approaching them to sort of like see what they see, and then a magic circle, a summoning circle appears on them, and they all get transferred to the, the other world. Now, what's interesting about this one is like, it, it's a little bit different from how a lot of uh, other isekai's roll. So in this one, healing magic is exceptionally rare, I guess. Oh. So they they go through the the, the spiel of That's like, like they, a Jujutsu Kaisen, right? Like so they go through the spiel of like they appear in the new world and the king is like, hey yo, my bad for summoning you. Um, our our country is being attacked by the demon lord, so we perform the forbidden ritual to bring heroes to our world to help us. You gonna help us? And student council president, the the vice president, the male, he was like. Nigga, what the fuck is... Bro, how you just go summon a bunch of random people and tell them to be your hero? That's fucked up. Like, he was... I don't got He no was turning up, said. And then, you know, eventually they were able to calm shit down and they do the appraisal. Uh, student council president, she has lightning 
vice president has light magic. Oh, so now they got powers. Yeah, and then the uh, main character, he has healing magic. But as soon as they see the green in the sphere that's measuring the magic, the appraiser mage it's freaks out, out of control and takes him to the king. And then she starts explaining that, oh, this nigga's magic is green. And the king is also visually disturbed by this. <laughs> and so as the as watching it as an audience audience member you're like yo wonder wonder what the angle is here so did they hit him with the naughty <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure they did and immediately the um this character rose starts showing up she's this super tall um very strapping looking lady with like long green hair see and, once again i like diesel chicks you know what i mean <laughs> and she takes her time slowly walks into the the fucking um uh, audience, the king's audience chamber, and everybody is like on pins and needles, trying not to say anything. And she comes in and just asks about the status of the heroes and shit. She was like, "Any healers?" It's like, "Nope, nope, no healers, nothing at all." She's yeah, like, "All right." Well, She's like, "All right, throw it. cool, I'm gonna head out then." And then the main character's dumbass is like, "Huh? Why was everybody tripping about that green magic earlier?" She was like, "Green magic? What you say about green magic?" See, <laughs> now we got some liars in our heads. And then the um. <clears throat> At that point, King freaks out, signals to the mage, and she casts, like, this force field on the main character and tries to, like, shoot him away from the the, the castle, essentially. And it's like a guided thing, because it's, like, going around walls and shit. Oh, shit. But it's moving very fast. But I don't I'm mean shit. You. <laughs> that don't mean shit, bro. Rose with the green hair, she starts fucking chasing that shit down, jumping, bouncing off walls, and just punches the force field and the main character out of the force field. Then just like with the main character passed out under his under her arm, she's just like, "Hey yo, King, I'm gonna go train this nigga. I'll be out, deuces." And she easy. basically easy takes him to go do her like Spartan like training because I think her whole deal Amazonian. <laughs> you're correct, very correct. I, I think her whole deal is that like um healing magic is super rare, mm-hmm. and she's like. On the battlefield, you got to be able to run faster than everybody and be yeah. there when people need you. Like so she trains people like boot camp, and because of that, she's very. Everybody is like afraid of her. Like nobody in in official capacity. Like to the fact that she can intimidate the king in front of yeah. all of his guards, Facts. and no one really says anything about it. But the main character, he has the personality of. Um, you know, she's, like, trying to beat him down with training for the attention of um, building back up. Yeah. But he's, like, super-duper stubborn. He was like, yo, I'm not letting this chick get the, the, the last laugh out of me. So he accidentally ends up getting himself, like, harder training because she's like, oh, nigga, you do, you're handling this well. Okay. That means I got to increase oh, your training no. regimen. So, His obstinance got him a harder job. Yep. And, you know, but, and the, 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 the unfortunate part for him is what he didn't realize until she actually vocalized it when somebody else asked her. Because um, one of the uh, other leaders of the um, the king's the king's knights actually came up to her and she was like, "Yo," or he was he said to Rose, "Like, how can you treat the um like yo? How can you treat the the hero like this? You know what I'm saying? It's like we're supposed to be like relying on them and shit." But she has this nigga like doing push ups and running and just. Be- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Decking him in the mouth and shit. Like, She's taking the Saitama Rasa power. 100%. 100%. And so she was just like, hey, yo, I do shit my way, you do shit your way. Feel me? Don't don't come over here and worry about what I'm doing. You do you? I'm trying to save lives. I'm doing me. <laughs> and so I'm very excited about that one because it's like, I'm, and so far we haven't really seen 
the main character do too much other than just get physically stronger and have his magic become stronger. So I'm curious to see what his fight's going to look like as the series progresses and just sort of where this isekai is going. It's not, usually They usually have a path, which oh, actually they have revealed it. So the country that they are in is actually on the coast. And based on the map, the next landmass is like separated by a river that's about based on the map that they showed it doesn't that river can't be more than 20 miles long right and they mentioned that the demon lord's army recently started moving and because they're the coast they're most mm. likely the, the first person to be attacked mm. on the demon lord's path to conquest so she's like yo i gotta get these this motherfucker trained up because shit's about to get real so, but I, I'm waiting to see where the name manifests. I want to see this thing <laughs> the wrong magic yeah, the wrong same. way. Same, very, very, because very like, true. Like, the number one, um, uh, like secret to, that I've seen that healing magic possesses that a lot of players overlook is like, yo, casting healing magic on undead harms them. Yep, and Fun like casting full life on the vampire and one shotting him. That's a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cast the resume. If you could manage it somehow, you could very much circumvent the most difficult parts of that uh, those those encounters. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see how that manifests in this anime because they're usually pretty creative about it. Same. When I when I first heard the title, it reminded me a little bit of um, Redo of Healer because that main character is a healer, and he he that is absolutely the wrong way to use healing magic. Like. They're basically anime-fied healing. So, like, his healing can do shit like steal people's experiences. Oh, wow. So, he was training him... So, he trained himself gradually over an extended period of time by healing people. And when he healed them, he also stole some of either their skills or their experience or some wow. other shit. <clears throat> he also had... He also had the healing ability to, like, like brainwash you. So, Yeah. So when I saw that title, I was expecting some pretty crazy shit. But as soon as we're out of the training arc, two other ways I enjoyed uh, watching healing magic misused is uh, bloodbending in, yeah. in Avatar. <laughs> yeah. When um, uh, it was Korra? No, not Korra. Um, what's Saku's sister's name? Oh, uh, Azula. 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 No, 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 no. That's... Oh no, she doesn't do bloodbending. She does yeah, firebending <laughs> and lightning bending. But yeah. Uh, I forgot her name. Oh, uh, Katara. When Katara learns to bloodbend, I think that's the that's best right. like misuse of healing powers. And then, um, <laughs> oh man, I had another one and I it slipped away from me. But yeah, misusing um oh Sakura using it to make herself uber strong. <laughs> like yes, that's a, that's also another way to uh, use healing magic in an offensive uh, development. So yeah, there's definitely been some really cool ways that you could take a healing power and make it completely offensive. Like, oh yeah, 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 we do that too. You feel me? Uh, it's like I didn't yeah. go to the school of making niggas better. Nah, that's 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 actually my side job. <laughs> you feel me? My main job <laughs> is beating that ass. Facts. <laughs> that's why I love yeah Sakura and Tsunade. You know, they're pretty much the same archetype. But yeah, uh, they got that uh, meiotic healing or whatever they call it. Yeah, shit, is super dope. But yeah, so I once again, I hope to 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 get a a good example of that from this title eventually. Yeah, I hope so too, man. I'm very, very, very curious to see how that shit plays out because I, I also want to see the other two fight too because we haven't seen any of their their training. The um the student council presidents, the lightning wielder, and the um the light wielder. 
Okay. We haven't seen them fight either. So I'm actually kind of excited. If this this anime is really gonna center around the war between like the humans and the demons, it might actually shape up shape up to be pretty exciting. That's a good place to be used of kind of powers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. That and sounds dope. Yeah, that those are pretty much like uh my standouts, those ones that, that was most interest to me interesting to me out of the, the animes that come out of this this new season. I still have to catch um uh Dead Mount Death Play the the second part of season one which just ended last season okay that one was pretty good that one that one's is about the um the necromancer that got sent from the other world to modern day japan oh so he switched places yes oh that's so, the well, word well no, he didn't switch places okay. what he did was like um so in his country was being destroyed or something like that actually no that's not what happened so in his world that character started out as like a hero and eventually went up to the ranks to become like betrayed by his country and became a oh. necromancer oh. and then lived out a super long life and the became like line. yeah and became like a, 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 a very very like isolated and by himself and eventually he can and also very very strong apparently there was only the only person who could really fight him was the hero of his world and he essentially made a plan to reincarnate himself as someone else. And so in the, the opening of, uh, of of episode one, he gets attacked by like the hero of that world and he gets killed. But he activates his reincarnation magic, which reincarnates him in modern day Japan. Oh. And so, but... He got that well laid plan. But there's also another twist to it because he ends up in the body of this... Um, he ends up in the body of this kid who's like the grandson of it involved in a very very intricate. sticky situation you know what i mean we'll like, call it an intricate storyline yeah the body he ends up possessing is like the grandson who was just had a contract put out on him oh so like he reincarnates in this dude's body and it, the only reason why that happened was because the body was just murdered so, oh, so it was a free vessel yeah and so he takes that body and the assassin, like, not even like five minutes later, is like, yo, did I just kill you? And so he ends up having to, to fight her, but he kills her and revives her as like a high-class vampire. But then oh, now he's see, in the this reincarnation web. with the necromancy. Yeah. But now it puts him in the middle of this web of shit that he does not understand in modern day Japan. And season one was about him slowly navigating that and really feeling a little bit more about the family of the the person's body he took. Not for nothing, the politics of modern age Japan actually very, very closely resembles the po politics of Japan for the past 500 years. So he'll probably pick it up. He'll get it. <laughs> He's not from Japan, though. Oh, He's from some other fantasy right. world. Yeah. Mm, yeah, about that. Do they have a Japan in your world? You feel me, my nigga? Don't know about skyscrapers. Don't know about cell phones. None of that shit. He came Dang. from the most primitive fucking world. So, yeah, that sounds interesting. Oh, and the, the twist in that one is, is that he starts seeing, um, he starts seeing symbols from his world appear in the real world. Uh-oh. In, in modern day Japan. And he's, over. And so the mystery is sort of like, how is Japan connected to the original world where he came from? That's interesting. Yeah. So I still have to watch all of the second half of season one. So I'm also looking forward to that one, too. And that one's... Uh, shit, I forgot the name of it. 
Yeah. But yeah, you, no, no, you can look that up for a second. I I actually um I caught uh what I at the time I didn't even realize was Daniel Kaluuya Kaluuya's directorial debut. Nice. Yeah, it's called The Kitchen. Um, decent movie. Decent movie. You know what the problem for me was is that um it kind of from the marketing felt like it was gonna be a little bit more action oriented. And you just gotta know it's a drama movie. Hmm. Don't expect a lot of action from it. That's not what it's there for. You know what I mean? Like I really appreciated a lot of the cinematography behind it. The use of AI was subtle with like kind of future tech. Um, they that was really well uh, uh, displayed there. There, but um, it was a heavy storyline, man. It was heavy. You know what I mean? Like uh, I guess the setup is is uh, in the future, if you can't afford like property to bury your your loved ones. I guess there's a organization that will take the body and I guess they, they do what they do with the organs and stuff like that. And then they, they uh, use like some portion of the body to grow a tree and that tree will represent. And it's a whole system that they have in the future to memorialize the dead, which I thought was an interesting, actually um, a little bit of world building in that, that dystopian future. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a guy who lives in the ghetto of this, this world. It's called the kitchen and that's where the title comes from. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was a couple of, of points, like there was a lot of world building about, around the whole ceremony of memorializing the dead. But then there was this like hyper fascistic, uh, police force that was just like, I mean, they're just rolling through to the point where, like, there's a neighborhood signal that when people bang their pots out the window, that means the cops are coming. So it's like a regular occurrence. And yeah. they just sweep through and beat the shit out of everyone and take people and fucking terrorize the, the, the guy. But there was never any, like, explanation as to what they were doing. Like, no one does that for funsies. You know what I mean? And that seemed like such a major... Uh, uh, thing in the in the movie not that you need to humanize the police not at all but it was just wild how like the, there was no expansion on that that element of the uh of the storyline but um it was a very heavy story about this guy who works at one of these places where they uh just i guess dispose of the bodies and memorialize them for people mm -hmm. and he meets up with the young man who through story elements he has a connection to and boy man this guy is a shithead bro <laughs> i just mean like like the kid is clearly in need he clearly sees that he empathizes with him and then she was like you know i actually don't want to be around this kid anymore after he's established you know like yeah you can stay with me for a little while and stuff like that it's like whoo it's really hard to love somebody who just like turns their back on a child in need like that. You know yep. what I mean? So I was just mm -hmm. like, I don't know if that was like the best story element to to uh, build your character on because we had nothing. That was like the first thing you're introduced to him doing. You know what I mean? Like it was a little bit rough. I was like, yeah, there's no way you're gonna get me to like this guy, man. <laughs> there's. I, I really hope that like the rest of the movie has like interesting elements, which it did. Um. It was really interesting to see what would be more reflective of um, 
black culture in London than like black culture in America. It was very, you know, a lot of Caribbean um, influence, far more community centric. Like it's a, it's, it was real. I thought there was a lot of good uh, stuff in there. Um, I would have worked on the marketing for it a bit to, to get people into the mindset of what they're walking into. You know what I mean? Uh, because that was Carolina's biggest gripe. She was like, man, that would have probably been a great movie if that's what I was wanted to watch right now. <laughs> and like, ah, oh, that's a rough one. Because I, I, you know, regardless to being blindsided, I enjoyed a significant portion of it. Um, it was a, it was a few meta things like the marketing that I thought hurt it, and I think just novice directorial mistakes. You know what I mean? Like not realizing like you have to establish this hero as somebody that the person's gonna want to be with. Um, yes, the way he did it was probably more realistic. I would never knock him for that. Like, it felt very visceral. Like, it felt grounded in the human experience for sure. It just didn't make for, you know what I mean? Like, it, it sometimes the reality of it doesn't make for an entertaining experience overall. But I gave it a solid six, soft seven. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not definitely not shot. something, you know, not at all. I thought it was very solid first um, debut. Especially given, like, I don't know where his background in directing comes from. You know what I mean? Like, being a trained actor is one thing. Being a trained director is another thing. And a lot of these people go through a lot of 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 background building before they can actually direct something well. And so, yeah, if this is his background building, I think this is a great final exam. You know what I mean? To, to say, hey, this is me burgeoning out into the other part of my career. You know what I mean? I, I hope he does more. I'd be interested to see his his renditions of 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 more storylines. You know, I think that this one was very personal to him. It was a story about something that is that relates very closely to him, and you could feel that. You could feel that a lot in 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 the story. And you know, from what I understand, this I think he did a significant amount of writing as well on this show. So, on this movie, I mean. So yeah, the kitchen. I think it's worth a watch. Definitely, I would support Daniel Kaluuya in, in, in his career. I appreciate that he did something in the lens that he knew and not something... Because I, I feel like this this movie would have probably been more palatable if it was mimicking American culture. But I'm glad that he he stuck to to the culture that, that he's familiar with, that, 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 that raised him. And, you know what I mean? Like... It, yeah, I think he was most likely culture. telling an ex or telling a story that had personal meaning yeah, to him. So naturally, I appreciated that. I appreciated that from London. So yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, if you get if you have some some downtime with a with a window to watch, the kitchen is worth is worth a gander. But yeah, um, other than that, you know, we can go ahead and jump into these here topics. Um, and I know last week I was butchering my man's name, Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Yeah. You just... You, it's just like it looks. It's the and D'Onofrio. Yes. You know what it is? Is that... It's the apostrophe. No it one has an apostrophe in their name. That's and I read it, it misspelled the first couple times because I was reading it on like a forum and it totally screwed up how I started saying it in my head and now I'm combating <laughs> myself trying to re-educate like, my mouth. I'm like, no. D'Onofrio. That's simple. You know what I mean? Like, But yeah, anyway... I know I was butchering my man's name, but um, it was some real good news on that front because A, Daredevil Born Again has been greenlit. Nice. So that is actually coming. 
and and Mr. D'Onofrio has has absolutely said he's on board to play Kingpin for as long as he can. So I hopefully get to see him in more Echo because I believe that season two of that was greenlit as well. I believe it was successful enough to get that uh get that going. And we have him in in Daredevil Born Again. So I'm very happy with those. I thought that man, I yo, it's so funny. Like it's so clear that there is a there's an industry around just not liking things because I I I see people trying to hate on Echo and there's literally not a substantive critique on the side. Like usually they have something like that they could they could grab on. Like with She-Hulk, I think they gave him some red meat to try to, you know what I mean, to to critique uh in some other stuff, maybe even less so the Marvel show, but maybe the Marvel's movie, but like with Echo there really wasn't anything for them to like latch on to that was just like oh this is woke or xyz you know how they make this disingenuous uh, <laughs> argument but um it's so funny watching them still try to maintain that that uh that format of content creation it's like you, you can't go ahead it, it, is, it is funny because they're getting like no metrics off of it and it's like yeah yeah like at some point that that contrarian style just runs its, it runs out you know what I mean? And then you, you can't support it. But anyway, yeah, I'm really glad to see that um, that that wing of the Daredevil slash Marvel universe is being developed still. You know what I mean? Because I think that that also would put on the plate maybe Punisher season two. You know what I mean? Because he's part of that whole thing, and maybe they build something with Echo, Punisher, and Daredevil. That'd be dope. Wait, is is Echo on the Thunderbolts? I don't believe so. Because I saw Thunderbolts got got greenlit too. Oh, you mean no, 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 not not for that Thunderbolt movie. But then again, we don't even know if that shit's coming out because I think that shit yeah, should have been out by now. There was a there was a poster for the Thunderbolts showing the team. It had um, U.S. Agent. It had um, oh, the dude from Stranger Things. He plays the Russian. Yeah, David Harbor is David um, Harbor. Um, red, red, uh, red Guardian. I, I don't know why I could have swore I saw um, Maya on that that poster, but I could be mistaken. But um, she's. I think she's tying into something else. I mean, it's possible, but, but yeah, it might have been too new. I don't know if they. I mean, if they announced it, it would have had to be announced in like the last week. I actually saw this earlier today. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, I can't imagine it's been. It's in. It's from. Uh, I follow a. Uh, social media for uh, discussing films that is really up to date with their with their industry gossip and so um, yeah no I saw that come across earlier today so I can imagine that's that hasn't been public for very long but yeah uh, yeah looking forward to seeing where to, uh, wherever they they expand I don't, I don't think part. she'd really fit into the Thunderbolts those yeah. guys are all like on the military level you know I don't I don't think. Well, she's on like I want to be the queen pin replacement, which is kind of like she's like an antihero, right? But I, I I'm saying so like wrong. those guys are specifically like military. military that's true. You yeah. know what I mean? US like Asian. specifically military and government, yeah. whereas she is just a criminal who's trying to do better. <laughs> true, true. Um, but yeah, maybe they they build her up to be strong enough to be on the team somehow by the end of uh, uh, Echo season two because Thunderbolts isn't coming out for a while. They just started filming, I think. Yeah, it says twenty twenty five. Yeah, so yeah, I'm interested to see where else um that goes. I'm definitely interested in the Thunderbolts. I 
I want to see a successful tie-in of the movie st- uh, of the TV stuff, and that's where U.S. Agent comes from, which I thought he was a really well done character in um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then also, I want to see how how do do they interact also with that? Oh, Bucky is on the Thunderbolts, isn't he? Yep. Yeah. So we got we got quite a bit of um, of good pedigree there. And so, yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, to see where those go. But uh, yeah, that was just on my my periphery for uh, uh, for things to, to to look out for. But yeah, moving on from that, uh, dude, you know it's been nothing but AI news for for all of January. So we'll keep it going with um, a little news story about uh, something that came up a long time ago. That I, I want to say that that I've made comment on this show about, but it would have been two or three years ago, so quite some time ago, about a um, program called Nightshade. Does that ring a bell? Mm-hmm. So Nightshade is uh, a, a a code that you can embed in images in movies that will cause. Uh, generative AI when it scans it to break down. And so this is a way of artists to protect their their online uh, uh, images from being scraped by AI and used in in databases. Now, I think it's something that was originally uh, developed to be embedded in text, and that would have been the original context in which I might have brought it up in the past but um yeah uh uh uh, nightshade has been developed for ai images and movies for artists to protect and it's being openly distributed and i believe that the original context of bringing it up was people were asking what's the legality of that because you can't put poison out in the public so it's effectively digital poisoning you know what I mean, and I mean I, I, naming it Nightshade probably doesn't help that that imagery either. But in a regulatory environment that is completely unexperienced with with what they're actually doing in terms of the mechanics of of how the code operates, yeah, it looks kind of bad. And the thing is, is like I feel like it's important to have a tool like this available for artists. I I would implore artists to utilize this. I unfortunately believe that it's going to not look good legally. That artists were embedding code that was designed to destroy generative AI. And I think what it is is that it's a it's a it's a code that will get the the generative AI stuck in a loop, a query loop. So it won't be able to actually learn anything new beyond that image. So, ethically speaking, I wish it was not a an environment that required AI artists to protect themselves. But I feel like it's better that they have a tool like this to protect themselves until it gets regulated. You know what I mean? Like... <clears throat> Yeah, I assumed that as soon as I heard about it, I assumed that that was the purpose. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's a computer program, so there's no reason why you couldn't design it to that exact same thing except not harm 
the 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 whatchamacallit. You know what I mean? Not, yeah. not harm the other user. It's just it's one of those things I see this as sort of like the preliminary stages of the war. You know what I'm saying? And I'm glad that they made it virulent, to be honest, because honestly it wouldn't be a deterrent if it wasn't. If they were just like, oh, it dodges it so it hides it. No, 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 don't hide it. You if 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 that was the case, the other side is just gonna find a way to circumvent your camouflage. You know what I mean? Like by instituting it the way they did, it, it was a well thought out reprisal to you know, by coders for artists to an industry that was willing to just take from them. You know what I mean? Like, but I do think it leaves them very legally uh, open. You know what I mean? And in a court that has been corporatist to its core for a long time, that's, it sucks because I don't think it's going to end up in their favor, but I'm glad that they started it this way. Cause as you said, it's just the first salvo. You know what I mean? And, and, it, le- it gives them the opportunity to, all right, cool. Well, we don't have to destroy the AIs, but we can, we can absolutely deploy this in a way because they need, by taking it to this extreme, they're causing the Supreme Court to set the boundary in a place where there are no boundaries. You know what I mean? Like, that's super important, you know, is getting them to define where, so that, because... You could always, especially in digital spaces, it's just a license to circumvent it. You know what I mean? So it, they keep things legally ambiguous to prevent you from, to to enable themselves to have a wider range of prosecution. You know what I mean? Not to enable you to do a wider range of things. And so, yeah, I I think it's it's a masterful move. You know what I mean? And... God forbid the court actually decides that they're going to rule on the side of like actual market regulation. It'll end out in their their favor, but you know the likelihood is, is that the court is going to do what it has done in the past and rule on the side of whoever has the most lobbyists, which is clearly going to be the finance, uh, the, the tech industries that they are that are attempting to build their generative AIs off of these images and movies, you know. And text databases. So, yeah. I thought that that was super dope, though, man. Nightshade. I support it. But like always, I'm going to advocate. Watch out. Know that you were putting yourself into a legally dubious situation. Even though I hate the fact that our legal system makes knowledge of the law something that they can hold against you. You know what I mean? Like. If I commit the same crime as someone else, but I knew that what I was doing was a crime, I get a harsher sentence, which is crazy to me. Like it's the you should have known better. Yes, but they never hold. Not it saying it is fair. It's definitely yeah. unfair, and they're treating it unfair. But yeah, I could see why it happens. Is because yeah. you should have known better. It's just that you know, yeah. there's a gap. The, the worst part is is that they always let off the people who have, like, documented knowledge of having been taught these things. Like, you have certificates that show that you passed a test that said you do this, and you did it anyway. Oh, now nah, let them off. That just means let the other person off. had better lawyers, man. Exactly. Yeah, 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 that, that's what it really means. <laughs> that's what that means. But yeah, the, uh, yeah. The, the resurgence of Nightshade, I think, is, is, is actually a necessary anti- eh, they're gonna they're gonna paint it as a as a as a viral, but it's an antivirus to the to the meme of exploiting images on the internet. And so yeah, I'm glad that it exists. I thought that that was uh that was dope. But yeah, moving on from that, uh, you know, 
Here, let, let, let's hit up some of these news topics because it's been it's been a pretty tumultuous one. Um, you know, the Republicans mainly based upon the fact that they are largely inhabited by people who are pro oil and all of these things decided to take a stance on climate change that was more about ridiculing the other side than actually engaging with the actual, you know, evidence and facts that were trying to be presented to them. And, you know, it was like they used to make jokes, like, ha, how do I have a snowball in D.C. if there's global warming? It's like, dude, what are you, come on. And so they took a disingenuous stance with it to begin with, only for now, they have to realize the real danger of quote unquote was introduced as global warming, but was really just climate change. And we have these regular polar vortexes now. You know, we thought that the world's going to heat up and it was become unlivable because of heat. No, it's becoming unlivable because of the cold snaps that have. Dude, this most recent weather pattern that came through the u.s killed 60 some odd people and these polar vortex patterns are only showing to get worse and our government has only decided to ignore it more and it's really crazy like when i when i observe like what's going on and the status of things like you know what are we doing to, to mitigate and and bolster our inter infrastructure against you know, the the very obvious trend of climate change that's going on. And no, it's not as it was originally reported as global warming, but the climate is changing. It is very likely in large part to something that we're doing. And even if you don't want to agree on that point, it is happening in predictable ways. So if... Unfortunately, because of the way that, that that Republicans and conservatives chose to propagandize around climate change to begin with, they can't even get their people on board for what they are actually experiencing right now as a very, very obvious climate crisis. And it's just like, man, that's that's the I think that's the real harm of the of the tw 2008 to, to 2020s is the obfuscation of of the responsibility of government to coordinate vital infrastructure like there's no arguments that can be made because the waters have been so muddied and now we're in a political system where neither side can galvanize their population whether it's apathy on the left or, or its general ignorance on the right, they both result in a government that doesn't move on any of the things that are vital to the survival of this country. And it's crazy. It is, it is kind of wild because it's like, you know, watch like 60 people dying of just the fact that it's inclement weather. And, and these are, these are people with healthcare. These are like reported from insurance. Who knows how many unhoused people or undocumented people are dying because of this inclement weather. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's a real travesty. It is, you know. And if the if the if the history books of the future are ever going to be 
honest about it, this has got to be, you know, recorded as a negative in terms of the American empire, man. It's crazy. Like, there's no way that that people should be regularly dying because it's too cold in a developed nation. There's just far too many resources. But, yeah, watching that come across the news is, has been quite the trip. But then again, this is fucking America. This is where the Alabama uh, uh, jail system just uncovered a fucking organ, uh, 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 an organ theft ring out of the jail system. That they're finding massive unmarked graves filled with bodies missing with organs and now they're trying to rush and send the bodies to the families to try to get them out of just where they were so that they they, they could obfuscate the scene it's sick bro it's sick yo the fact that and then you know the worst part is is that just like everything else in this country if you if it happened once it's probably happened at least a couple more times it's probably happened more than once, you know? And 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 so yeah, you know, we can't be surprised that they wouldn't respond to the obvious climate crisis that's been coming since the late 90s when they're so preoccupied making sure that nobody notices that they're harvesting organs from from inmates. Like it it's all part of uh uh of a similar similar federal system. Like all of these organizations have to report back up to throughout the federal system so the fact that so many of these vital resources to society some might say are so integrally corrupted it's like yo this country has a real rude awakening coming when it comes to how bad the leadership is and and the results of bad leadership you know it's like they totally obfuscated the idea of consent of the governed they don't believe that the governed need to give their consent to be governed. And and because of that, they've they've run roughshod throughout society. And there's going to be a rude awakening because that only lasts while the governed are, you know, remaining consenting. Once they stop consenting, it's a huge fucking problem. You know what I mean? It's 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 a fucking travesty in Senegal right now with with all the civil war. Look at Ethiopia right now going through massive civil war. You know, like, Sudan. Like, there's just, you know, it gets ugly. So, you know, I think the American government takes for granted that, yes, you are big, but you still require consent of the governed. And you've created a political system that has alienated almost 80% of the entire country. Because Republicans only make up about a third of the country when you actually extrapolate from voting records. That's that's not enough to win a war, you know what I mean? It was the same, you know, to scale metrics when they tried to 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 separate from the South in the Civil War, and they lost. You know, it's it's, but it doesn't stop them from being vocal and being present. And so America is going to have to deal with the fact that if they don't actually coalesce those other sides that are against you know, like the Republican conservative fascist regime that they want to institute, you know, it's going to just look terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's very little that individual citizens can do. It requires institutionalized organization. And, you know, yeah, this country isn't known for that, to say the least.
You know, it, matter of fact, it look especially when it comes to 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 institutions like the Democratic Party, it looks like they are dedicated to losing. Biden has totally alienated the youth vote and the black vote. I have I I'm telling you, man, I do not support Trump, but this man is probably going to be the president again. Because even if it as bad as it is viewing it from a leftward position, on the right, bro, he just whooped the shit out of fucking uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis to the point where they just both pulled out their fucking things. And that's off of Iowa. The man hasn't even gone to a debate. And, 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 and moreover, the citizens are fighting for him to be on the ballot. It's so weird that, that, that federal you know, uh, uh, institutions are like, you know, Donald Trump really shouldn't be on the ballot based on the legality and the criminality that, that he's displayed and been convicted of. Like, it just doesn't look good to have a president that has actually been convicted of sexual assault. You know, like, it just shows the lack of moral... Nope. All these motherfuckers on the right side are fighting to keep him on the ballot. So, you know, we just gotta... We have to understand that, like, there is some very serious and real ideological divides in this country that are going to come to a head because none of the the parties are representing their 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 uh middle ground perspectives it's all extreme left and extreme right there's no one who who's occupying you know the left center and the right center and so yeah you know i think that's a terrible terrible uh environment to have uh people voting in it's a terrible environment for a two-party system. You know, at very least, if it was a parliamentary system, you'd see a gradient of ideologies that could represent a, a ruling uh, coalition. But as I said, they've totally gotten away from the idea of consent of the governed. In America, they don't give a shit, and I think that's going to be a problem for them in the future. I don't think that they stand to, to gain through that uh, perspective when they have so failed at providing... The, the other things that I was mentioning earlier, like a functioning carceral system or uh, uh, FEMA that actually responds to natural disasters, you know, like they don't provide the basic services that we are expecting from the government. And, and so I feel like they're going to run into a serious issue trying to 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 get. And then, you know, they do they do wild shit like say, you know, they're talking to them about, hey, so. Are we at war with Yemen? And they're like, no. And it's like, okay, but we're bombing them. We have engaged them in naval skirmishes. How is that not war with Yemen? Like, we don't think we're at war with Yemen. That was like what they said. We don't think we are at war I with mean, Yemen. I mean, to be fair, war would imply that they're a credible threat in some way. And I think that, and that's the kind of shit that they're projecting because they don't see the Houthis as a recognized government. So of course, how can we go to war with somebody who doesn't have a government? No, we're just attacking pirates and scoundrels. I do believe that's the interpretation and they're that going is, for. You know what I mean? It's that kind of kayfabe that I think is terrible. You know what I mean? That kind of they just project this environment into the media space and expect everyone to just go with it when it's so openly a false one. Yeah, it's because they get so many people with that shit. They there's, do. There's enough of an incentive. They to hit a lot, it. bro. They mm -hmm. hit a lot with that same bullshit tactic. But you know, it is what it is. You know that that's that's what we're stuck with, and there's not much we're going to be able to um, do to get out of that until we change the fundamentals of the system. 
But yeah, you know, Republicans doubled down on the philanderer as their as their nomination, and and the Democrats doubled down on having somebody who has alienated the vast majority of their base. So, you know, that's a foregone conclusion. I think we know where we're going with this. I just hope that. But I am not one who runs from the natural progression of a system. I say, fuck it. If that's what it is, listen, I, if I'm the minority and the vast majority of people who are actually choosing to vote choose to vote in Donald Trump, fuck it, man. If y'all don't think that it's going to end bad, then, you know, I guess that's the part of living in a society that you have to learn to be okay with. That since no decision is uh, relies solely on you, you have to be okay when the majority says some stupid shit and then stands on it. You know, you just have to steel yourself to be, you know, able to weather whatever social or political or fallout comes from that. Because let me tell you what, the Democrats trying to campaign by saying, if it's not Biden, it's Trump. Listen, it's a bad idea. It is a terrible, terrible idea. It will not reach any of the people that they're talking to. And Genocide Joe is going to be a failing prospect for them. But that is what it is. But alrighty, guys. We'll go ahead. We'll wrap up on that cheery note. I hope you did enjoy the show. If you did, please feel free to subscribe. You can find us on anchor.fm or on patreon.com. You can also find us on the social media on Twitter at Korea underscore T and at home Heron. You can also find us on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and at Heron's Homies. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGBO. Remember, guys, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.